A Dog's Life is brought to you by Earth Animal No Hide Wholesome Chews. Earth Animal No Hide Wholesome Chews are a healthy, heavenly, hand-rolled alternative to rawhide made from grass-fed beef, humanely raised chicken, and wild-caught Atlantic salmon. They're 100% free of chemicals, additives, bleach, and formaldehyde. It's the sustainable way to keep your dog healthy, happy, and filled with goodness and love. Mr. Binks and Prudence have never had a rawhide because in my book, they're not healthy. So imagine their excitement to enjoy a no-hide chew. Apart from helping to keep their teeth clean, chewing is an instinctual behavior that helps calm dogs by releasing happy hormones. Both Mr. Binks and Prudence relish the natural chewing experience from start to finish, and it gives me peace of mind that I'm giving them a treat that they were born to enjoy. In fact, no high chews are rated as excellent for digestibility, 80% compared to just 18% for rawhide. You can find Earth Animal No Hide Wholesome Chews at a pet shop near you or online at earthanimal.com forward slash UK. I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. It's a sweltering day in London, and me and Mr. Binks, we've just been on the overground for the very first time in ages, and we're in Hampstead. That's because we're off to meet Ryan Johnson at the Pet Pavilion and talk to him about how business has changed through lockdown and why the independent retailer really is very important for us pet parents. Pavilion in Hampstead. You love shops like this, don't you? Hey, Ryan. Hi, lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here. I didn't know Pet Pavilion was up um, in Hampstead. Yeah, it's quite interesting. We've got a few stores around London. Um, yeah, this is our most north store, but then we've also got quite central. We've got our Chelsea, Kensington, Notting Hill ones, all real central. And then a little bit further down, we've got Battersea and Wimbledon. So Gosh. quite spread out, yeah. Yeah, well, I know the Chelsea one because yeah. that really, I think, was one of the first yeah, so boutiques, that, groomers to launch in London. Yeah, that's been with us for 25 years now. So, so quite, quite, yeah, quite well established there, and quite centred in the little farmers market off of Kings Road. So, yeah, yes. keeps us all happy. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing that um, really surprises me is how the market has changed so much in well, say 18 years, because that's what 18 years ago when I took on my first miniature bull terrier Molly and we visited the pet pavilion because though even though we lived um, in Hackney you know to Chelsea because there really wasn't anywhere else really to go shopping yeah for sure I mean we've definitely I mean as a brand and a company ourselves seen that too as there's a lot more pet ownership too especially in the more centralized locations um, you know with uh, a lot of people in apartments and all of that. There's now the more trending of having small dogs and then also establishing with a whole lot of new fads around 
um, different training methods and all of that. And then, yeah, just a whole new lot of research that's been done in the past couple of decades as well to bring us more ahead. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, back then, you know, it wasn't far off having sawdust on the floor still in many yeah. shops. And you'd have goldfish in the corner that looked a bit sad, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, little You know that. those yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> and certainly not a wonderful selection of gorgeous products. Yeah. Um, you know, the choice now has exploded. It certainly has. We've been yeah, able to see that a lot of the trends for dog food has followed human food as well, but it's also been a lot of research done in, you know, what the dogs actually need to eat rather than based off of, um, you know, what, what we had really. So it's just more of it's ensuring the fads are following what the dogs actually require. So it's been great to see just the whole industry itself kind of grow to follow, follow that as, um, yeah, just knowledge kind of improves over the years. So do you think it's the customer's um, demand for products that creates the new products? Or is it, you know, manufacturers creating the demand for products, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think it's, I think the customers definitely influence it a little bit more than than the manufacturers themselves. I think the manufacturers try and follow what trends they've been seeing, but it's the customers themselves that have kind of given a lot more influence. Like we've seen the growth for the more natural and holistic foods follow the trends that we've kind of had in our own food. Um, so it's it's been really interesting to see just how much influence has kind of happened from that. But I do think the manufacturers have a small amount of influence in the trends, but they do kind of try and follow the trends that are happening with us themselves. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like mirroring um, food for ourselves, isn't it? We're being told at government level, oh, <laughs> yeah. who's coming in here, Ryan? Not sure, I think it's a customer for us today. It must be quite hard with social distancing, um, yeah. isn't it, now to work with dogs being dropped off for your grooming Yeah, downstairs. exactly. We've got to be a bit more aware of, you know, who's who's coming in for a groom and who's customers and just making sure that we're kind of not knocking heads. Um, and as well, a lot of our groomers weren't used to before COVID taking a couple of dogs at once, but with different households not being able to meet for as long as it was, um, we've had to kind of adapt the whole schedule to make sure that everyone's safety was in, in mind and just it's been a bit for the groomers to all adapt to it um, but taking it in their stride and figuring out the new norm. Yeah, for and sure. And he doesn't like pork belly, so. Um, <laughs> so Perfect. Yeah, Are you so looking for like just a little like give me a treat or more of a long-lasting so, kind yeah, of one? Yeah, long-lasting. Bit of a long-lasting one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've just got the new range of Earth Animal in, so they're a no-hide treat. Um, so absolutely no animal hide in it. It's all made of brown rice flour, and then it's got a little bit of meat proteins in there too, just to make it a bit more tasty. And they come in a range of sizes as well. So yeah, definitely something to suit this little one. Do you, so we have another dog, he's 14, yeah. so do you have something soft for them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got a range of pet pavilion treats as well. So they do a little chipolata sausage, so it's really nice and soft and easy to use. Yeah, perfect. perfect. So, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. No problem at all. <laughs> we love Loki. Hello. <laughs> Is he a Jack Russell? And a pet today. Oh, is he? Yeah. A Patterdale Jack yeah. Cross. Gosh, so he's, a, he's all terrier. Yes. <laughs> oh, we love terriers. Yeah. It's a very hard breed. Well, he probably comes over for grooming soon, probably. <laughs>
But he's a, yeah, it's a very hard terrier to hold. <laughs> he's barking a lot. But he's seven already, so um, we're getting there. He's calming down. Oh, well done. <laughs> it's good to see. Yeah, we're talking about you. <laughs> Do you want to say Ryan, it must have been a great relief for, for Pet Pavilion to be allowed to stay open during lockdown because pet shops were one of the, how were they classed? Essential? Yeah, we were classed as yeah, one of the essential services. Um, so yeah, it was, it meant that you know there was a lot more stability for our team as well as our customers and we didn't really have to worry about making sure that dogs were fed and all of that because um, we just we could just be open so it was really easy. We had customers calling and that were in isolation and we could just work it out, either ship it or get our drivers to take it over to them. Um, so yeah, it was really easy. The only downside really was the grooming did have to close for a little while just to ensure that the household's dogs weren't coming into contact with each other in case there was any spread um, and that lasted for about five or six weeks. Um, so yeah, just getting all back on track now and making sure that we can try and fit everyone in. And as we heard before, up in Hampstead, we're booked up until October, so. What, for your grooming? For the grooming, yeah. October, so gosh, it's, it's still a ways away. Yeah, it's certainly been crazy, but Jenna up here is very well loved in the community. So she's got a huge waiting list and many, many regular customers that book in advance. So keeps her very busy. I know, I was very jealous when the grooming parlours opened because human hairdressers yeah. were about another six weeks. <laughs> but yeah. I bet you saw a few doodles that had uh, got a bit overgrown, shall we say. We you know? certainly did, yeah. It was, it was definitely kind of just making sure that we could do the best we could for the dog too, which, you know, sometimes led to a few shave-offs where we just couldn't rescue the coat. But at the end of the day, it's more pain-free for the dog rather than trying to brush a whole lot of knots out. So it was... Yeah, Corona Cut, it's kind of been nicknamed. The so, Corona Cut. Yeah, Gosh. where it just unfortunately yeah, just goes, doesn't it? But at, at the end of the day, it grows back. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, it must have been very difficult for those owners as well, really, you know, to yeah. see their dogs getting quite hot because. You know, it was May, wasn't it, that it was scorching every yeah, we single had all the, day. The crazy good weather just, just as lockdown kind of happened. So it was it was a bit different. But yeah, and just a lot of owners adjusting too to, you know, having to figure out how to do it all themselves with when a lot of them have quite a regular grooming service because we do have a lot of regulars that come in every couple of weeks or so. So a lot of the time the at-home maintenance is quite minimal. So a lot of the owners were just kind of getting a grasp of how often and what to do and all of that stuff. So it was a bit of a big change. We did have a few just, you know, running through what we do to make sure they could try and do the same at home. And lots of people calling up, you know, how do we actually groom the dog at home, which we tried to stop as much as we could unless necessary because there is a few risks with grooming. Obviously there's sharp instruments so it was you know only do so if you need to but if you can wait it out for a groomer do so yeah yeah, yeah no I saw lots of lockdown haircuts yeah <laughs> human and dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did, did a few ourselves so you know just figuring out all the haircuts at home and then coming in our customers being like you look a bit different what have you done so, <laughs> yeah yeah I know yeah. I know I was dying to throw some blonde into my hair but I thought you know Anna don't so if it goes wrong I'll yeah. be <laughs> even more depressed than I am now but uh, yeah no it's good that, that you know you're, you're back now and getting the, the orders in and, and so on for that. Yeah. But I've got to say, you know, I love, 
I mean, this shop might be quite small, but boy, it's packed full of goodies. It's like, yeah. it is really an Aladdin's cave. It certainly is. We, we try to make sure we've got a bit of an ever, a good selection just to make sure, you know, that everything's here for all the different breeds and all the different fur types and needs. So yeah, quite full, but you know, it keeps everyone happy. So that's, that's the goal at the end of the day. Yes, yes, yeah. I like your uh, freezer over there being, um, interfeeding raw myself, yeah. uh, that's I think a, a great addition. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, raw is certainly very good for the digestion and the coat health as well. So we've got a lot of customers that do love the raw food and we have a range of different meats that it's made from. Um, so yeah, just to make sure that there's a balanced diet there and just to make sure that dogs on raw food get the complete diet as well. Absolutely, yeah. yes. What would you say the main difference is between your customers here up in Hampstead and maybe down in Chelsea or would the Chelsea customers and the Hampstead customers be more similar to another part of London or are they all the same? No, each store does definitely have its own demograph. I mean up in Hampstead the dogs are different as well. We notice a lot bigger dogs here just because you've got the heath and there's a lot more outside space and a lot of people have backyards whereas the dogs in Chelsea generally are a lot smaller just to you know cope with apartment living and smaller residences as well as less freedom in Chelsea. So yeah completely different demographics dog wise and the customers to it's it's all different clientele up in Hampstead you've got a lot more families a lot more children around we're in Chelsea it's a lot of the business and working class in there so it's it's really completely different in all of our stores and then you go to the likes of Wimbledon which has similarities to Hampstead um, just because you know again more outside space you've got the Wimbledon common too so a lot of big dogs there too yeah that's interesting I hadn't actually thought of that but that makes sense what about, so I'm fascinated, there was this uh, new piece of Mintel research only released last year, which I've talked about quite a lot, so listeners are probably going to go, here we go again, Anna, everyone's <laughs> going to know this statistic, which is that 37% of all under 38-year-olds now own a dog, which is a remarkable shift change from, say, you know, in 2002, when I was 37, Oops, um, <laughs> because everybody thought I was absolutely mad to take on a dog then. You know, how was I going to manage to go to my meetings? I was freelance, so I was working from home. But nevertheless, there weren't any dog walkers then or crushes. That all came a bit later. There's been so much change. But have you noticed that customers have got younger? Yeah, they certainly have. And I think the point that you brought up was the fact that there is dog walking and dog boarding now and there's a lot there's a lot more around to accommodate the working men and women and making sure that they can you know have pets but the pets have something to do during the day just to keep them occupied because the last thing we want is a dog sitting in an apartment all day when the owner's at work so it's, it's great to have you know people that can walk them and the dog boarders and a lot of people that have dogs as well can connect on social media too so if someone does have to go to work and you've got a friend with a dog at home quite often they'll look after the dog for the day too so it's, I think it's just technology and the times moving forward and making it more connective and just yeah a whole lot easier for the younger generation to have. Yeah, and company, as we're becoming more isolated, I guess, particularly at the moment, but even before COVID, a lot of people were beginning to work from home. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of freelancers, a lot, a lot more creatives, I think, around maybe. And if you've got a dog with you, then, you know, you're never, you're never lonely. 
You're exactly. never alone but with a dog yeah. by your side. But you can feel very lonely in a room full of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, generally a dog's unconditional love, isn't it? So as long as you treat them right, they're there for you all the time. So yeah, it's a different, different kind of love from people. So yeah, but I mean, we've definitely seen over COVID a huge rise in younger people having dogs too. And we've seen a lot, a lot of people getting puppies at the moment as well. So it's just ensuring that everyone's educated and keeping up with the trends, you know, making sure that they know about feeding and about all the daycares as well if you're busy in meetings and stuff and ensuring that the dog's still getting enough exercise with lockdown too if we're trapped inside working making sure the dog's not getting too stressed even if you're home that they still get the exercise to kind of keep their mind busy as well. Have you found many customers have asked you about the difference in their dog's behaviour from you know before lockdown to after lockdown? Yeah it's been quite interesting because at, at the at the start we had a lot of people whose dogs were obviously loving it um, and we had a bit of a switch around with cats as well because that was at the start it was the cats that were getting really stressed. I so know that because yeah. you know what I mean it was for me my cat gremlin that has suffered the most full yeah, stop exactly because of the silence because he's an outdoor you know and um, cats as you all know they don't do change very well at yeah. all. So overnight, London had the most massive change ever. Exactly. And so Gremlin and all the cats were going quite feral. Mm -hmm. All the cats were coming in my garden and it was absolutely peculiar. Yeah, they've, they've all kind of, I guess, almost had to establish new territories for themselves because as much as it's our home, it's their home too. And we've invaded their daytime where that is their home and that is their free space. And so there have been, we've had a lot of cat owners just coming in like, my cat is freaking out. Yeah. What can we do? You know, there's plenty of things you can do. Give you, give the cat their own space. Um, so if you can go away in a room for a meeting for a lot of the day, give them their space. Um, you know, try and give them some little treats and some little tidbits here and there just to keep them happy. As well as if they are outdoors, give them outdoor time too so they can kind of release some of that energy as well. But yeah, and then, I mean, the dogs, as people have started to go back to work too, we've seen a bit of a change and obviously the dogs now are starting to get some separation anxiety because everyone's been home for so long and then the dogs obviously get used to that. And then we're going back to work now and the dogs are saying, well, where have you gone? What's yeah, happening? You exactly. Know? What's, are, you, are you leaving me? And, you know, it's just about slowly re-establishing the dogs to that kind of norm of, you know, we're not home all day anymore, even though we're still home a lot. It's that we might be out for an hour or two here or there. Was, we can start to go and do stuff. So. And hopefully with the right, you know, management and mindset, owners will be able to restore their balance. And, uh, and with a bit of luck, more people will be working from home yeah. um, to make, you know, them able. Because I really hope that one of the positives of lockdown is that people that previously maybe were doing a nine to five and, you know, engaging with a dog walker or crash or whatever, you know, then they couldn't have actually got to know their dog a little bit better mm. by being able to spend more time with them. Um, you know, I always feel blessed, you know, to be working from home to you know, be with my dogs, because they're not with us for long enough, you know, we all know it's the sad fact that uh, they're not pre-programmed to be with us long enough, so yeah. uh, for me, I, I hope that actually dog ownership might, might be getting better as a result, you know, there's always silver linings. Exactly, and we've, we've seen that with a lot of our customers too, as they do have a better understanding of their dogs and cats as well, but just pets in general, you know, and they're getting to know a lot of little habits they didn't realise before that, you know, the dog walker might have commented on or something and they're going, oh, hey, actually, you know, that is, that is happening, you know, 
you know and it's some of it's you know trainings needed some of it's just interesting little tricks that they didn't know so it's been quite interesting to see the growth but yeah just keeping busy and moving forward Who's this next customer, Ryan? That's Ophelia. Ophelia, yeah. yeah. So a little pom coming in for our groom today. <laughs> yeah. She's so cute. She is. She, she really is. is. Oh, I think Ophelia, that so suits you. What a great name. Because lots of people don't know, you know, poms need regular grooming, don't they? Otherwise they just turn into a bush. <laughs> hey Ryan, would it be alright to go down and check out the grooming area? Yeah, we can go down and say hi to Jenna and see what happens down there. So hey Jenna, thanks for sparing the time to have a quick chat. Um, you're in the middle of grooming, it's Octavia, isn't it, the pop? Ophelia. Ophelia. Uh, Fifi, for short. <laughs> yes. She comes every four weeks. Um, she gets a little trim. Uh, she's a double-coated breed and they shouldn't be clipped. So she gets a good um, tidy up and just make her look pretty. <laughs> so you, you, it's like a human hairdresser, really, with her, with Ophelia, you know, so it's scissors and a comb. Yeah. I love that. Because um, I was saying to Ryan just a minute ago, you know, I was so jealous when the grooming parlors opened because it took human hairdressers another six weeks. Yeah. And I bet you're happy to have well, all your clients. Well, we, we had customers coming in saying, I can't believe my dog is getting a haircut and I cannot. And I look, you know, shaggy. I look like a homeless person. My dog looks fine. <laughs> Well, quite right, really. But uh, and how long has um, little Ophelia been your client? Um, probably since the very beginning when we opened this place. So it's like been a couple of years now. Yeah, two and a bit years, something like that. Two and a bit yeah. years. Yeah, she came from the beginning. Um, yeah, she's a regular. She knows. She knows what the deal is. She's lovely. <laughs> I do love a little form. She's she's very sweet. She's very friendly. Oh, sweetie, look. <laughs> There, I know. See, Mr. Binks has never been to a grooming well, parlour because, you see, he doesn't really need it. He's a low-maintenance. He's uh, a low-maintenance. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always think having grooming to deal with as well, for me, is just an extra stress, if you like, or yeah. an extra expense yeah. as well for yeah. many people. But I think some people forget when they're choosing their... their Cockapoos and what have you. Yeah, that they there's need. these um, designer breeds, we call them now, and we think that they are crossing with poodles. And um, people don't realize the, how how much of maintenance they need uh, to keep on top of the coats and have them looking very nice. And they just, um, when you get a puppy, the breeder doesn't really explain you how much you're going to spend in grooming and how often you have to do it. And uh, so, yeah. Most, a lot of them, they just go short all year round. Uh, they just come and ask, just take them short. It's easy, when it's winter, it gets muddy, wet, and it's hard to dry them, it's hard to keep them mat free. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's both things. And I'll, we've got some cockapoos and golden doodle owners that come every three weeks for a bath as well. So. Well, it's great, I guess, in a way for, for grooming salons, the crossbreeds, I guess maybe they've increased Footfall? Yes, no, no, they, they bring business in, <laughs> but they're hard work. <laughs> but 
most groomers, when we hear, oh, I want to book my dog in, what breed is it? It's Labradoodle. We go like, okay. <laughs> That's three hours and a half appointment for you. But it's, it's a big, training, but yeah, I mean, I know you've got the standard poodle, which is obviously about the same size, yeah. but so in a way, that would be the same. But of yes. course, you hardly see a poodle now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've, I've got a few customers, and again, they're just taking short, practical, short, same legs all over, no pom-poms, nothing like that. It's, it's not. Unless you're a breeder or you're showing dogs, they don't really ask for that in a pet grooming salon. So you just do that straightforward 1950s kind of lamb cut. Yes. All neat, even. Yes. Shave, maybe muzzle. We do a pom-pom here and there, but it's uh, not the, very rare that you get. Not the lion cut show ring yes. cut. Mm -hmm. No, that is quite fancy for every day, I guess, yeah. on the heath. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of maintenance and brushing. Yeah, but it was a functional purpose, of yeah. course. You yeah, know, yeah. they were gun dogs and the pom-poms around the, the wrists. keeping the joints uh, yeah, warm exactly. and the, the torso. Exactly. Yeah. And then the pom-pom on the tail was to stick up when mm -hmm. tail docking was, you know, allowed. Yeah. So that when the handlers were shooting birds not that I agree with shooting birds but they would see the dog in the water yes. or in the undergrowth and um, it would just make sure the dog didn't get shot I can't believe I've just said that but I think that was part of the pom-pom idea yes, yes. Right. yeah no they're, they're flat dogs now they don't go hunting <laughs> so. no that's right and I guess the two smaller varieties yeah they're definitely flat dogs yeah but very bright but thank you, Jenna, for your time. Yeah, you I'll let you get back to Ophelia. So, Ryan, you know during lockdown, you know, it must have been brilliant to be open, not least for your own mental health, really, to have structure and routine. But did you worry at all that some customers may have been scared to come out? Maybe, you know, the more elderly and they may have ventured online to buy their, their pet supplies? Yeah, it was definitely, you know, at the forefront of our mind. Um, and we did, we did see a little decline in business at the start. Um, but it was just working on how can we help the customers and try and ensure that we can still give the best service we can. Um, it just happened that it, the lockdown coincided with our relaunching of our website. So that was great. We had a brand new website for it. So we did see a big shift in there. Um, but also we did offer um, free delivery to anyone within the couple of surrounding postcodes of all our stores um, and free delivery to NHS as well. And then we could deliver to anywhere else in London just yeah, depended on the cost and how much they really wanted to in terms of whether it was practical to move. Um, so just trying to work with that, but we, we did see a bit of a shift in customers go online um, and just yeah, trying to combat that as well, ensuring that we could offer the best service and advice over the phone or online as well. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, I guess it's all about being adaptable now, um, particularly if we believe the news and the worry with the economy and so on. Um, do you think that might restrict you in certain brands that you might offer in store? Bearing in mind, and Hampstead is a, you know, a, a lucrative area, you know, on paper, but you know, COVID's affected everyone so differently that might that mean that you sell cheaper products? 
I think with a lot of our more expensive products, especially the foods and all that are the more holistic and natural, is because they do have a more nutrient dense formula, is even though they are more expensive on paper or at the till point per kilo, is you actually feed less per feeding. So even though it might still be slightly more expensive, there's not a huge actual cost difference day to day because the bags generally last a lot longer time. So I think it's been more about educating the customers on that fact too. Um, and we've been able to see that a lot um, with customers that are trying and they're actually saying, you know, I am only feeding half the amount I used to. Yes, it might be more expensive at the counter, but at the end of the day, it's lasting double the time. So there's not a huge amount of difference there. Um, we have seen a bit of a drop in like the accessory kind of things, the toys and stuff, as people have been a bit more conservative at the beginning. We're starting to see it change now as we are getting a bit of freedom back and moving on and people are looking for ways to keep their pets entertained. But it's just, you know, moving on and up and keeping going from there. And I think, yeah, the big thing is people are more focused on their pets now too and spending a bit more money here when they have it right now because we haven't been doing a lot. So I think, you know, income's been a bit more disposable for some people, not for others because there has been a bit of job loss, but the ones that have had constant work from home, they've been a bit more fluid with their income right now. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, we've had other recessions in the last 18 years, dips. Um, and what's interesting, I remember we've talked, talked about it, that you know, the only market that shows a growth in recessions is the pet market. Because even if you've just, you're down to your last tenner, you want to spend it on your, your pet because you get that great feel-good factor to buy your dog a toy or a, or a new chew that makes you happy because you've made your dog happy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've we've definitely seen over the years, I mean, I've been in the industry myself for the last five years, it's not a huge amount of time, but we've definitely seen through everything that's happened in the last five years alone, which we all know has been a lot already, is people still spend it on their pets, you know. The love of animals at the end of the day is what keeps a lot of us going, so it's definitely kept the market going as well, which has been great for us, you know, it's secured a whole lot of jobs, the industry is huge, it's a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide, so it's certainly kept a lot of people going. Yeah, it's staggering how how big is the pet market then in the UK about? Yeah, it's about 25 billion. So it's quite it's quite astonishing how how massive it just is, which it sounds crazy to say a number that big, but then when you look at it, on average a lot of dog owners spend between anywhere between 2 and 4,000 a year on their pets. So it's, it's an astonishing figure when you think about it, but it comes down to things like obviously the food and the grooming, which are necessities, but then there's a whole range of accessories and other services as well. You've got your toys, you've got your treats, you've got your walking and your boarding as well. So it's, it branches off into many different areas as well, and which is why we've seen a lot of historically not pet involved businesses move into the pet space as well so restaurants and cafes that are starting to be more pet friendly as well and offer little doggy treats like your little baked cupcakes and stuff that are safe for your pets is tapping a bit into that market but also just making the community more inclusive of everything and everyone. Absolutely it is that inclusivity which is brilliant but it's a phrase actually that I coined a long time ago it's called the hound pound 
And I do think, you know, the canny entrepreneur, the canny restauranteur and pub landlord will open their doors, you know, for owners to come in with their dogs and enjoy Sunday lunch, it, like with the whole family, rather than being exclusive. Um, but it is a community thing, I agree. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we're seeing it in a lot of all of the locations that our stores are in. All of Kings Road near Chelsea now, most 90% of the stores there are dog friendly. You look at even the likes of Peter Jones and stuff, you can now take your small dogs in there as well. So it's, it's definitely opened up a whole range a whole range of different stores to a whole new world, really. Yeah, I know, and that was only really last year. John Lewis only did their main um, Oxford Street branch that allowed dogs, I think, and then it's gone national now. Yeah. So every John Lewis will allow you to bring in a well-behaved dog, you yeah. know, and liberties. They've been dog friendly for some time now yeah. for all size dogs because I think once they were more like a Mr. Binks size dog only yeah. that you could carry. But yeah. I think that's just fabulous. Yeah, it's, it's certainly great. And I mean, we've, we've been seeing it just work through all of the customers and also the people that can have dogs too is the more they can take their dogs with them, the more ease it kind of is to actually own a dog now as well because you can spend more time with them and it's just more achievable to actually be a dog owner in this kind of day and age right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Ryan, it really is it's compact in here, isn't it? You know, but um, it's like an Aladdin's cave with so many things to look at. So I can't keep my eyes still. Yeah, it certainly is, but Flavia here, our store manager, she does a fantastic job. And I mean, when you look at products like the Earth Animal, she's selling nearly as many as our larger stores, and they're about three times the size here. So she really does a fantastic job at keeping, keeping everyone up to date and keeping all our products moving here. No, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You're so enthusiastic and knowledgeable. Um, made our day. Thanks very much, Anna. It's been an absolute privilege to have you up in our Hampstead store and hope to see you here again. Absolutely. That's our show, Mr Binks. Well, you had a bit of a good time in the pet pavilion. Yes, there were so many goodies. It really is an Aladdin's cave. It was really good as well to see your favorite chew on display. Yes, that's Earth Animals No Hide Wholesome Chews. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. A Dog's Life is streaming on all platforms. Thanks also to Mike, my producer at Pod People UK. Of course, to Ryan Johnson at Pet Pavilion and to Earth Animal at Earth Animal 1979 for being our sponsors. Was that Mr. Binks? Yes, you're absolutely right. We will be back next Sunday. That's because A Dog's Life is now weekly. So go on, subscribe, because that means you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Thank you.